Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. different episode than it started. But together, Riss and I talked about running, slow twitch versus fast twitch muscles, running like a girl by Alexander Hemmingsley, DNA, nuclear stuff, the Iran situation and more controversy, the book Ladies Who Punch, the upcoming Mueller testimony, Amy Klobuchar, the Georgia 2020 primary. So as you can see, we started evolving or perhaps devolving into politics and in the end Riss and I have things to say about that separately and I Babs might get a little worked up but please listen and enjoy anyway so we are here at one of our familiar loops I'll call it by the way thank you for coming oh wow you're more than welcome thank you for all the times you've come over to the orchid I like going to the orchid. I, I feel like, like it. yes. it's like my special yes. space now. Yes. That is what it is meant to feel like. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm on vacation when I go Yes. Over there. Thank you. This... I get drinks. I know. I get good conversation. We relax. I get to see the family. We can walk out to dinner. And, then, and walk out to dinner. So many choices. And then it's only 10 minutes away. There you go. I just drive home at the end of the evening. It's not far. Nope. But you wouldn't run home. Um, I probably would not. Because as we're surrounded Although by runners... I wonder how many runners, miles that is. You think that's like five? I, it's close to five, yeah, I think. <sighs> but we would walk five miles. We just yeah. wouldn't run. And here on this track, we are surrounded by what we're guessing are high school-aged, probably cross-country athletes who are right. running on our loop right so good for them well good for them but you and I aren't runners I know why I'm not a runner no, I, I learned mean... it from a book <laughs> I, I used to jog but that was before all my back tribulations and yes the thought of putting more impact on my back than is necessary right is not really something I choose to do well have although you... I may may take it up again in the fall when it gets cooler before, but not like running a straight three miles like I might just walk a mile jog a mile walk a mile that type of thing a little more intervally yeah well and there are different surfaces you can run on that are better for your right. knees and I would think therefore the impact on your right back but I don't know how much access we have to right. to those but it takes a certain person to run a long distance and not get yes help. well it's not just the mental component though have you heard of these I learned this when my friend 
gave me this book, Running Like a Girl. <laughs> and it's where I, I don't know if I'd known about this before, but it's where I was reacquainted with the concept of fast twitch muscles versus slow twitch muscles. And yes, yeah, so you're genetically hardwired different ways. Right. And people with fast twitch muscles are the ones who are going to be your sprinters, your short distance, fast runners. Okay. And your slow twitch people are the ones that are going to be... Wait, am I getting that exactly backwards? Because I'm lining it up with what you'd think it was logical. Right. To be like the sw slow twitch muscles are the ones they're your marathon and distance okay. runners now i think i'm saying that correctly i think it matches up with right the muscle matches up yeah so my thing one of the other things i learned about reading this book is so i determined i definitely have slow twitch muscles and it's why it takes a long time for my muscles to warm up and for my body to switch from what is it, aerobic to anaerobic, or right. whenever your body starts actually burning your stored fuel to right. help you go. Right. Um, and it's why, so if I like jogged a 5K, let's say, uh -huh. the last mile would be better for me than the first like two and a half because it's so uncomfortable for me right. when my body isn't doing what it needs to be doing right and so but eventually and see i would never get past that point because i'd always stop partially out of boredom as you alluded to and then but once your body gets in the zone then you kind of do feel like oh i can just keep going and going right but so i thought that was very interesting and that's where that author learned as well. She didn't think she was a runner because, you know, doing a mile or two would be enough to do her in, it seemed, no matter what kind of shape she was in. Now, gotcha. I've heard of this. Yeah. So, and of course, I think that the slow twitch muscles, 23andMe did not offer a genetic uh, analysis of that. What? I know. Right? Come on, guys. Get it together. <laughs> but... I think slow twitch muscles matches up with uh, elite power athlete, which is what my genetic right. test did say. Okay. So. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I don't think he's dropped it off yet, but I made Jonathan spit in the tube <laughs> yesterday for 23. And me, I had ordered one for Naomi because she was interested and so few other people in my family are because they think big brother is watching them well and yeah that's why uh, my attitude Chris is, has not done it or wants to do it you leave your dna all over the place know, but i guess some people would argue but this is actually tracked to me yes. officially yes i don't know i think if you've ever given blood or had blood taken in a doctor's office or so I'll I mean, they've got it. They got it. So, um, anywho, he did that because they said 23 me, like, 
you need to be 18. And I'm thinking, hmm, it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think it has any effect on your DNA, like, right. for what they're doing. Right. I mean, there's no magical, like, now you're 18, so your DNA is more accurate. So I think it must just be, like, a legal consent thing. Maybe. But I'm like, well, if I'm her parent and she wants to do it and I give her consent. But then I decided it would make sense to get Jonathan tested first anyway. So then I can really draw the line. See, that's you. <laughs> See, that's you. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. What are we going to do, Riss? It would have been nice to get all this stuff when we were 25. Just have a little more knowledge. Yeah. A little more power. Yeah. yeah. Well, and who knows what it'll be, you know, when our kids are 25, if they keep making uh, advances in it, you'd think, maybe. Right. Like, Jonathan and I had did this, had did this, oh my God. All right, clearly, either not had enough coffee or gotten enough exercise, the oxygen to remember how to get to my brain. <laughs> Jonathan and I, in the past, we, talking, this is like the late 90s, we did a National Geographic DNA test where we had to scrape the inside of our cheek. So. Okay. And that gave some information, but I'm going to say less individualized information, kind of more general, because I don't know, when we did it, I'm trying to remember when the human genome was, oh, was officially, officially 100% mapped. Mapped. Um, I don't know if it was in the 90s. 20 years ago. Okay, I know they were working on it in the 90s. Yeah, I just don't know when they finished it. So, I think we were in our mid-20s when all that was going on. I remember thinking it was fascinating. I worked with this venture capital company, and one of their portfolio companies was this Icelandic company that I've maybe told you before called Decode Genetics. And they were very much involved with all that because... Iceland has a very, like, homogeneous population, you know, like, right. not a lot of genetic variation there, so it was oh. a good My first thought test was, population. what is science going to do with this? <laughs> that was my concern. Well, what like, with anything, do with this? good and bad, right? Right, right. Just like everything, look at nuclear technology, right? Right. We, built an atom bomb but we also as a result you know have been able to do other things that benefit humanity humankind yeah. I'll say time 32 minutes 36 seconds distance two so miles pace loop. 16 yep. minutes 17 seconds per mile split yeah. pace 16 minutes nine you down, seconds per I mile <laughs> I haven't I've got to get back into exercising more hopefully Alaska will be the jump start for that but I'm, I think I'm going to be sitting a lot mm, is that because you're driving the places? yes Gotcha. and of course then like two of the days two half days uh, are cruising on the boat oh, that's right um, so for different exciting. boats so I hope exciting. so I'm not feeling super excited yet I can't I'm still too connected to everything here. Right. Right now, and I really hate packing. Yeah. Hate it. 
with a passion. Yeah. So, anywho, well, speaking of nuclear bombs and power and all that, have you uh, been following any of this Iran yep. stuff? It's a little concerning. Uh, I don't know who's worse, this ass in Iran or this ass here in the US. I mean, they're both like... And isn't it a little embarrassing and horrifying to even have to contemplate that? Like, right. when in the history of our country have we ever truly had cause to think, oh my God, our president is as bad as, you know, a dictator in a country that most other countries are hesitant to deal with. And I don't, I guess my whole, that and I just want to know what Iran's beef is to begin with. We haven't been bothered with them in a long time. And now all of a sudden it's like, you, bup, bup, and it's like. Oh, well, I can tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so because I don't understand. Okay, I can only share actually what I believe it to be. Okay. So, and who, you know, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes right. that we, the public, don't know. And of course, as you know, we were very involved there. And it culminated in the Iran hostage crisis, which was probably had a significant impact on. Jimmy Carter not getting a second term and being beaten out by Ronald Reagan in 1980. Right. But, so, nobody wants Iran to have nuclear power. Nuclear. Right. A nuclear program. Because right. that area in the Middle East is considered a tinderbox right. and we don't trust them. We quite frankly don't trust anybody, but go on. Well, I mean, there are certain other countries that have nuclear power, right, and we're not right signing deals and agreements with them right and we president obama and his administration had negotiated a deal with iran for lifting of economic sanctions some economic benefits and in exchange they would stop working on take apart dismantle whatever their nuclear program well trump came in and decided just because he thinks anything anyone else did, especially Obama, is stupid. <laughs> and he, so he just, you know, without probably understanding even 2% of the thing, decides it's a bad deal. Okay. And so he reneged on it and is now imposing these economic sanctions and trying to encourage other countries too as well as my understanding and that's why they're pissed <laughs> they're like uh hello we literally just agreed to this deal and now you know here you are coming in and turning it upside down and punishing us and trying to get other people to punish us as well and I'm like this is oh this is always the problem it's the same thing with the border. Yeah. Situation. Look at what you were doing to other human beings, to other countries. And you don't think 
But there are young people in there that are internalizing this and then are going to grow up and do something about it. You want to know why we got 9-11? That's exactly why, because of how we behaved in other parts of the world and ended up radicalizing people. Right. And, you know, we have always thought we're safe and reality is, you know, you're not. It's like a reap what you sow type situation. Absolutely. So that's why I'm moving to Mars. <laughs> I do have this book to read next. Uh, <laughs> you just have them queued up. <laughs> the Martian. I don't know. We're trying to do this family family thing. Um, it's never worked in the past, but we still were like, oh, we'll try it. Where we everybody makes a book recommendation, right, for the family to read. Um, obviously, maybe not so much Vivian, actually, but, <laughs> and so yeah. I think, I don't know, I think Jonathan recommended this book, and I had seen the movie with Matt Damon, I just didn't know, I was like, well, wait, was the movie based on this book? And I think Jonathan said it was, so that'll be interesting, I guess, I might bring that on my Alaska trip, it's a relatively small paperback oh my gosh I forgot to tell you so our mutual friend with whom I listen to audiobooks yeah regularly we're listening to this one now called ladies who punch <laughs> and it is basically like a overview kind of behind the scenes book about the history of the view that show Oh, okay. Yes. That I've never seen one single second of, but with which I am aware just because it's kind of like a pop culture staple at this point. But have you ever watched that show? What, The View? The View. Yeah. What do you think of it? Well, it's changed a lot throughout the years. Um, Makes me sad that typically, well, they've changed it up a little bit, but typically... There's only one person on the panel who is of Republican background. Yes, the token conservative. Right. However, they've changed that up a little bit, but recently, and they've had two now. But. That's interesting. Yeah, but she, the one, the second one, I'll say, uh, she's <coughs> directly from Fox News, and she, uh, she just had a baby. Who's so, that? Uh, I forgot her name. But not Megan McCain. No, not Megan. She was the... She now is officially the 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 only. Now, there's another one, Navarro. She steps in. She's a Republican from the CNN side. And she steps in from time to time as the token Republican. Well, and I mean, so I think they... they, From what I'm I think it's a lot of... My concern is that it's gotten to the point where in the last 10 years, there's a lot of yelling. And yes. We, and I'm like, you know what? You don't have to yell to make your point. And it's not necessarily... Uh, it's like I heard something the other night that really irritated me. And I like Rosie O'Donnell. Don't get me wrong, but she was the one who said it. She's like, I'm tired of Megan McCain constantly bullying Joy Behar. And I was like, do you even watch the show? <laughs> like, I was like, wait a second. Joy Behar tends to, she's allowed to have her opinion, and she does, and just because Megan happens to be pretty 
freaking brilliant and smart and the daughter of a major politician, she knows her shit. So it's just like, I'm t- I just, that bothered me because I, Joy is, she's got her moments where she's bullying everybody. So I was like, mm. well, that is so funny that you should say that. So I'm, but I guess it's all perspective. I don't know. Well, I like everybody on the panel too. That's the other thing. It's like, I, I love and respect Joy Behar, but it's just like, she can be a bully. I think she's the only original right now person is, yes. left. Does Barbara Walters still no. step in? No. Okay. Because where I am in my listening is they've just fired Star Jones. Oh, so okay. this is like this 2006. Is like, yeah, that's a while back. Um, and the token conservative at that time, who I think was the second one, was Elizabeth Hasselback coming off of her, you know, survivor right. performance, which of course I thought was hilarious. Yes. Just being reminded of that. Right. They did say like she was kind of the first reality TV star that actually extended her 15 minutes of fame into something right. like more substantial. Yeah, she parlayed that into hosting Fox as well. I think she, yeah. I don't know if she's still a host on any Fox show. Uh, um, yeah, like I said, because I'm about 13 she, years Yeah, but back. I know that that's where shows i think she did either fox and then no i think it was the view and then fox yes so i do think part of where i was listening to the book was i mean it was clear that most people were not going to be on the far right political end of the spectrum and i mean the show wasn't set up to be a show about politics originally it was like a daytime women's program you know where you talk about things that they think women are interested in which right. of course is kind of patronizing but then you know Barbara Walters being the more serious journalist anyway right. they it evolved and they liked the way it evolved I think and so then that's why I mean the only reason I found out about this book was because in a recent um, Sunday New York Times the current ladies of the view were on the cover of New York Times magazine and it was something like the most important political TV show in the US and I read that article which was very interesting and that's where right now it is. referenced this book ladies and who the crazy punch. thing is Hannity on Fox isn't close behind it's close behind yeah Fox News seems to be ripping apart CNN and the uh, the ratings. According to who? Fox News? No. Because you can't trust. You need an independent media Chris is the one who watches source. all that because he works for a communication, uh-huh. um, yeah, communications firm. So he pays attention to all that. Yeah, I'd just be curious to see who's saying it, right? Because of course, oh, of course, you know, if it's some right-wing think tank. Right. And be like, well, yeah, of course that's what you think, but where's your actual, where's your Nielsen data? Right. If that's even still a thing. <laughs> I remember when I was in college doing radio, TV, film, it, it was, it was, but, oh, for the love. Well, I know, I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're heading into, really. You know what we're heading into? I'm going to tell you, uh, this will be for follow-up in the next uh, thing when you get back. Yes. 
of a Mueller test, uh, testify. I did just see something popped up on my phone that said, and I, first off, I set to testify July 17th. Uh, made him change. Oh, so you'll be back by then, right? I'll be back. Yeah. Wow. You might have to take the day off so we can watch it together. Well, my, <laughs> my friend and her infant daughter are visiting that week. Aww. So I'm not sure that I'll be working that much anyway, but I probably also won't have my butt glued in front of the TV, except maybe during nursing time. <laughs> but Do you think that's an all-day thing? What uh, hmm. Think it well, might be an all-morning thing or all-afternoon thing. I guess it depends on how many questions they have, right? I mean, Hillary Clinton testified for 11 hours straight Gotcha. Yep. over Benghazi. That's true. So, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Miller. I want to see who's going to be. I hope uh, my favorite one is there, Amy. <laughs> Amy. Thing. Well, and I, you know, it's funny. It's like the more I listen to her, the more I love her. Um, I just hope she starts to raise in the polls a little bit. A rise in the polls. Yes. Um, she's just so level-headed. And she's got a really great background to be doing what she's doing. So... But does she have all the answers like Elizabeth Warren does? Yes. <laughs> Where's her New York Times Magazine cover saying that? <laughs> yes, she does. And she's got plans for everything. As a matter of fact, today, she's set to go onto the hill to get something passed. Damn it, now I forgot what it was. But, uh, yeah, she's, she's on it, man. Go, Amy! <laughs> well, it's just going to be interesting. Oh, my gosh, though. Okay. This reminds me. So, you know, I subscribe to the AJC. I don't get to necessarily read it thoroughly every day, but I saw... This was within the last couple weeks. So, of course, Georgia and its election mess. Yep. And... Just how former Secretary of State. Oh, that's what she's working on. Governor paper ballots and stuff. Yes, Brian Kemp. Yep. Is all right. Well, I think paper ballots are stupid, but I think no, I. She, there's something I didn't. I wasn't able to read through the article because it was on Twitter, and I just happened to see it in my feed. Well, so I have a thought about that, but the paper ballot thing. But it, maybe it's something slightly different than what I thought it was. <laughs> right. But as a result of Georgia. And all of its election mess and just its general incompetence, we don't have a primary date set for next year. Oh. And there are certain, like, issues with that that people are talking about because by now it would have been set. Right. But they don't want to set it because they don't know how, supposedly I think because they don't know how Time, the voting... 48. Minutes, it's going to work seconds, because of distance, these changes three miles, pace, that they're 16, trying to make. Minutes, but they're like, you know, 12 seconds we have to mile, secure the precinct pace, locations. 16 minutes, one we second like to keep them at the mile. same place because people are familiar. But if other stuff gets scheduled. And also, last year we, or last big primary season, we were on that big Super Tuesday. Right. Where like so many do it and you feel relevant and all that good stuff. Right. And they're like, well, now that's in jeopardy. Like, we may have one of the last primaries and kind of be, like, completely inconsequential. 
Right. So. Yeah, I just, uh, and it goes back to this conversation we've had. We're not a third world country. This should be, <laughs> this should have never gotten to this point. It's well, but we do have evil liars in the country who try to work things to their advantage. True. Uh, but, wait, there's one other relevant thought there that just right. totally slipped my mind. Oh, the paper ballot thing. So, because I was like, why are they trying to make us vote on paper ballots again? Does nobody remember the hanging chad? Right. But now, my understanding is this, actually. You will still vote on a machine, but it will then print out your... So, it, I don't know if it'll still record it on a card. Right. Or if it won't record it on the card anymore. And it will print it out. We need blockchain voting. Yes, we do. Thank you. I know. Jonathan needs more investors so that his company can, you know, work more on this. <laughs> yes. But, no, but seriously, like, because obviously paper ballots can be destroyed, shredded, canceled out for being mismarked or incorrectly marked or and so I think I'm hoping that it just means they're printing it out as like a second record right so to speak so it's not just on the computer right okay but if that were the case I'd still think like fire engine give me a break but I would be less up in arms than if they said we're going back to completely paper ballots only. Right. So I'll be curious to see what is the what. But that's right, blockchain voting. Voting on the blockchain. Let's do it. Let's That's your real answer, people. I should uh, send Jonathan out on a, his own stump trip stumping for blockchain voting. Of course, couldn't happen in time for the next election. Wouldn't be set up. Right. Be able to be set up quickly enough mm. for that type of volume. Ugh. I think. We're on our fourth lap, by the way. Yes, we are. Of course. Might not seem that way to our listeners, because now we've recorded about three different podcasts on this, <laughs> on this walk in an effort to keep them to a more listenable well, length, which maybe this is a good place to stop. Maybe. And say bye for now. Bye for now. Hey everyone, this is Marissa. I am otherwise known as Aris. I'm hanging out uh, in the backyard of my friend's home on Lake Portage in uh, Michigan. And it's a beautiful day out. I'm watching boats out on the lake go to and fro. And I decided to go ahead and listen to our recent podcast and decide to give you some updates on some things we had discussed um, last time. Um, let's see. So... Um, one of the updates was over Fox News and them being one of the most number one or the number one rated 
uh, news channel on cha- on um, net, uh, cable cable television. Excuse me. Um, just so you know, it was they came out on top. Fox News did come out on top as the number one rated television show on cable at the end of December 2018. And it's still back as number one. And I'm citing Yahoo, The Washington Times, Forbes, and Adweek. Uh, so it's still number one. Uh, I know that we had mentioned that. <laughs> Pabs didn't agree with me. She wanted me to check Nelson, but uh, Nielsen, but I didn't find it there. I found it in other places. So yes, Fox News is still the number one rated channel on, on cable. Uh, the Mueller date has been pushed back to July 24th. It is now the 19th, so we still got some time. Tune in, although I'm hearing various sources saying it's going to be a snooze fest because the Democrats are going to be feeding them a lot of information. So I don't know what that means. We'll just have to pay attention and stay tuned. Um, I know a couple of people have backed out of the Democratic race. Actually, just one person, but we discussed that. I still think it holds. it's holding steady at uh, 21 people. I'll have to look that up, but it's 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 okay. It's going to drop off considerably in the next couple of months because of something called campaign funds. And I was pay- I've been paying attention to this because um, you really, as a as running for president or or any other field, you have to create enough campaign funds uh, to run the, the race successfully. And apparently, the top earners right now are Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Peter Buttigieg. Um, Everyone else is spending more than they're making. So that's something to watch because it'll drive uh, these campaigners in in the last months of the race. Whoever has the most money will more than likely be those top front runners, and we'll see how that works out. So again, the top spenders, or I should say earners, are Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Peter Buttigieg. And then last but not least, I had um, said that Amy Klobuchar had, is really active in Congress, and she's always working to pass bills that help people. Um, so if you go to congress.gov, you can look up the person you're interested in seeing what they passed. And I'm not going to read everything that she has done recently. But I thought that you would, if you want to go, you should go to congress.gov and see what she has done. But just off the, off the top, recently, a resolution authorizing the use of the... Eight, that one's really not that important. I'm not going to... No, I don't even know why it's there. Supporting Children of the National Garden Reserve Act. That's pretty important. Local Water Protection Act. Um, yeah, I mean, she's... Savings for Service Members Act. Uh, She's got a lot of good stuff here. Newborn Care Improvement Act. Um, It's just interesting. A lot of things she's been a part of. And uh, she's... she's, uh, Oh, this one's... What was that? Well, anyway, I'm I'm trying to read them all. Um, Empowering Medicare Seniors to Negotiate Drug Prices Act of 2019. That's interesting. So, yeah, check it out, congress.gov, and you can check out what your senator uh, has been up to and see what they've been part of in the past. That's it for now. Thank you for letting me give you your updates, and um, we'll see you back on the trail real soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. So this is Babs with the benefit of having first listened to Riss's uh, podcast follow-up. 
we cannot be together this week because Riss is out of town. As she explained, I am coming to you from the Orchid, my favorite spot in Georgia. I am drinking a little Vouvray because this is a podcast that says wine in its intro. So somebody should be drinking wine at all times. And yes, I will just say I am sorely disappointed to hear that um, Fox News is the top. I don't like them. It's no surprise. Or the Fox News channel. Um, It disappoints me. I think people who listen to this podcast know that I am a Democrat. I'm a lifelong Democrat. And I will just say I choose to get my news through reading. So for example, around me right now, I have the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Sunday New York Times, and a copy of the Wall Street Journal. So I think perhaps maybe there should be a study done that says or tells us if perhaps Democrats are just more into getting their news via reading and forming opinions based off of what they read, and if Republicans prefer to have their news delivered to them through a news show, perhaps with a hostile host who seems to just want to rile people up. I'm not about getting people riled up over serious issues that require um, an open mind and perhaps even a little bipartisan spirit in the general populace, even though We are not the members of Congress. Although Riss and I should clearly probably be in Congress. We should also probably be president and vice president of this country. Um, Because really, the current president and vice president are incredibly subpar. And I actually have the most respect for, one, my Republican friends who agree that Trump is just a huge mistake. And two, my friends who have voted for Trump and have decided that that is not something they want to do again. So those are the people on the Republican side that I currently respect the most. Um, Trump's a disaster. He's a piece of crap human being. Let's face it. Would you even want to be friends with the guy? If he's not somebody you want to be friends with, okay. But he's a piece of crap. He just, he is. He's a truly awful and unsuited person to be president. And I just hope that uh, enough people in the electoral college states also recognize that and vote accordingly in the 2020 election. Because as we all know, Hillary Clinton actually won the popular vote. So when I'm feeling down, I try to remind myself that more people in this country wanted Hillary Clinton to be president than Donald Trump. But 62 million people, as a friend recently told me, is still a lot of people. And so I'm just hoping that over the past few years, um, people have figured out who he really is and what he is really about. Unfortunately, I think probably some of the Midwest and the farmers have perhaps realized that um, he's not actually a great president for them. Um, Perhaps people in jobs in certain industries, uh, like the auto industry, have recognized he's not that great a president for them. 
I mean, I think his thing is he is what is known as a master persuader. I read this very interesting book um, by Scott Adams, who is actually uh, the creator of the ever popular Dilbert cartoon. Um, But this book that he wrote um, is called Win Bigly, and it is all about... um, well, it, <laughs> persuasion in a world where facts don't matter. Uh, <laughs> hashtag alternative facts. Uh, this book was super interesting. And of course, it has a, a a picture on the front of it that's like a, you know, Dilbert mocking Trump's horrific hairstyle. Not to body shame him, but really. Uh, so just the, the jacket of this book, and then I'll get off this pedestal because I know there are some people that might be listening to this and just rolling their eyes because they don't want to hear the liberal perspective. So here is the inside of the Win Bigley Persuasion in a World Where Facts Don't Matter by Scott Adams book jacket. If you watched the entire election cycle and concluded that Trump was nothing but a lucky clown, you missed one of the most important perceptual shifts in the history of humankind. I'll fix that for you in this book. Scott Adams was one of the earliest public figures to predict Trump's win, doing so a week after Nate Silver put Trump's odds at 2%. Thus began Adams's unplanned career pivot from, quote, the guy who created the Dilbert comic, end quote, to a political pundit. The mainstream media regarded Trump as a novelty and a sideshow, but Adams recognized in Trump a level of persuasion you only see once in a generation. Trump triggered massive cognitive dissidence and confirmation bias on both the left and the right. We're hardwired to respond to emotion, not reason. We might listen to 10% of a speech, a hand gesture here, a phrase there, and if the right buttons are pushed, we decide we agree with the speaker and invent reasons to justify that decision after the fact. The point isn't whether Trump was right or wrong, good or bad. Win Bigley goes beyond politics to look at persuasion tools that can work in any setting, the same ones Adams saw in Steve Jobs when he invested in Apple decades ago. For instance, if you need to convince people that something is important, make a claim that's directionally accurate but has a big exaggeration in it. Everyone will focus on how wrong it is and will remember the issue as a high priority. Stop wasting time on elaborate presentation preparations. In this book, you'll learn which components of your messaging matter and where you can wing it. Planting simple, sticky ideas, such as, quote, crooked Hillary, is more powerful than stating facts. Just find a phrase without previous baggage that grabs your audience at an emotional level. Adams offers nothing less than access to the admin passwords to human beings. This is a must-read if you care about persuading others in any field, or if you just want to resist the tactics of emotional persuasion when they're used on you. And that, my friends, is actually the real point. Sure, Trump's a master persuader, but he's basically just using his tactics of emotional persuasion on you. And if you support him or believe in him or intend to re-elect him for president... I mean, just be aware that is who he is. That's not somebody I respect. And uh, I hope that many people will agree with me. I'd like to see a new president. I'd like to see actually a Republican stand up and run against Trump. Let's break the cycle of this, you know, incumbency. If we have someone bad... Let's step up. Are you telling me the Republican Party can't find anybody better than Trump with how many people ran in 2016 
what an embarrassment that Trump was the outcome. That's my opinion. You don't have to like it. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Bye for now. This has been a season two episode of a Walk in the Park podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts. On Twitter, that's at a wit podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.